0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast. Glad you're here, however you got here. Maybe it's through iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, maybe it's just the abqjournal.com website. However you're here, I'm glad you're here. Glad you guys keep giving me the feedback and showing the love for this podcast, something I've been hoping to bring you guys on a regular basis for the last couple of years. And this year, this season of all seasons, we, we finally kind of got it nailed down to uh, bringing it to you weekly. We're posting them on Monday nights and, and on available each Tuesday is, is sort of what I'm locked into in my mind. And nobody's making me do this. It's just something I'm doing on my own um, with the Albuquerque journal. So, uh, glad you're listening. It's I've been getting good feedback, like I said, on social media and on, on email, ggrammar at abqjournal.com. I appreciate your guys' feedback, your thoughts and questions and suggestions and all that kind of good stuff. So even in a historically bad season that the Lobo basketball team is having, and again, my primary beat is covering the Lobos for the journal, even in a historically bad season, there are still stories to tell, conversations to be had, and the people that make up this program, the players, coaches, and others – um, they, they still have stories to tell. So that's what this podcast is about. And I am happy to bring you, uh, I was I was pleased with this. I recorded it a week ago now, or last week, it wasn't a full week ago, but before the Fresno State series that the Lobos had, I recorded this conversation with Lobo assistant coach, Ralph Davis, the former New Mexico Military Institute head coach. Um, previously at UNM, he was a video coordinator and uh, director of operations before getting bumped up this summer to assistant coach. So Good conversation with Ralph, he's a guy that I do ask, you know, if his junior college background helped him prepare for this season where the team is relocated for months out of the state, not allowed to practice or play. They are a week ago. For those that don't know, they were allowed by uh, by the state to uh, the amend the public health order to allow for colleges to practice in the state. Again, they still can't play, but they can practice. But I talked to him a little bit about those kind of things. And uh, I know as I recorded this with him last week, he was happy to to wipe snow off his car in the morning and and take the trash out. It was trash day for him and uh, little things like that that he never thought he would miss, he missed. And uh, he uh, he talks about some of that. Talks about the difference between gym time and practice time. You know, for a team that doesn't have gym access to go put up shots and players, you'd hear about the player that stays late and the first one to arrive and those kind of things. Those are the times when players kind of work on themselves and individual skills and coaches like him work on development of a player and footwork and jump shots and technique. Well, if you only have 90 minutes a day to to rent out a gym from some school in in West Texas or wherever the Lobos are and you kind of schedule your time around theirs, you usually spend those 90 minutes practicing and and practice is about the team and that's that gym time that's about the individual. And, And he talks a little bit about that. We also kind of veer off course a little bit and talk about... You know, the, he's a 2003 New Jersey triple jump champion in high school and was supposed to go to college for track and took a call one day that kind of changed his whole whole career path, and that's uh, into college basketball now, and he, he loves it. He also turns the tables on me a little bit and asks me about my love for La Bamba, which if you follow me on social media, you know I frequently joke about my love for the movie La Bamba, and um, I, I do tell the story what that's all about. We talk movies a little bit at the end and uh he's a good guy i like ralph he's been a good guy the last few years that he's been on the program I'm, I'm glad i finally had him on the podcast to just talk about him a little bit i have had him on before we talked about trevlin queen he's uh, now in the nbhg league he was the new mexico state star who prior to being an aggie played for ralph at nimi so he has been on this podcast before this one's a lot more about ralph than than that one was and uh glad he was on this uh this one's a good one. Hope you enjoy this conversation. As always, follow our coverage daily in the Albuquerque Journal, abqjournal.com sports. Subscribe to the journal. Subscribe to local journalism. It's important now as it ever has been, and that's abqjournal.com slash subscribe to uh, to get a digital or a print edition subscription, and and it would be much appreciated if you continue to give us the feedback on this podcast, rate us if you're getting us through iTunes, spot up, whatever, leave a comment there, email me, whatever you can do. Keep giving that feedback. Keep participating in this coverage of, uh, of the Lobo basketball team. Despite the record, they are still a team that is is one that we will be covering all season long, like the Albuquerque Journal has done for, for years and years. So appreciate you coming along on this journey. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Ralph Davis, the assistant basketball coach for the UNM Lobo basketball team. Ralph, what's up, man? How you doing? Good.
1: Jeff, I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Glad to be here. Glad to be back in Albuquerque. Yeah, glad to be here. You're you're here right now. Is finally here in Albuquerque. So that's got to be, I mean, let, let's start right off with that. What what does it feel like to be back? And for people, I, I don't expect people to really know what it was like living out of a hotel. I, I think people kind of gloss over how mm-hmm. that might affect. But like, what was it like actually just kind of waking up in in your own home for, for at least a few days, it, it just seems to me like anxiety would, would kind of be lifted at least a little bit. You know, so, so this
1: morning was trash day and just being able to, to take out the trash, um, you know, take out the recycling, clean off my car. We had a little snow this morning. Uh, that right there, it's, it's pretty exciting actually. Um, you know, Every single day it's, a, it's the same hotel room or multiple hotel rooms. Looking out the window, um, going downstairs for some breakfast, uh, seeing the, the the front desk attendants and all that. Um, it, it's it's pretty awesome to, to wake up next to your loved ones and and be able to a shower. You know, we'd be able to choose different clothing options. You know, obviously we're on the road. We're doing a lot of laundry. It's it's you know on Monday I'm wearing this, Tuesday wearing that. Um, and something that's something that we had definitely gotten used to, but 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 it's still. It, it just feels great to be back at the end of the day. And, and I know we still aren't able to play games here, but just the ability to to practice here finally, uh, it's very exciting. It's very well, exciting for I the mean, staff,
0: for the players. It seems like the little things are what, what are the hardest for us to kind of understand and, and comprehend, I know when i talked with, with dave pilipovich and he was talking about his wife asking about these charges on his debit card that were for doing laundry you know a dollar 50 here 2 dollars there and it's going to new jersey and, you know you got this wife checking your your debit card bill at home like hey what what are these charges and it uh, just turns out it was you know he wasn't going to get quarters because that that hotel you guys stayed at actually had a debit card but yes imagine little yeah. things like you're you're talking about taking a shower like showering with the shampoo bottle and that little bottle and as I talk to you, maybe you don't use as much shampoo as other people. But, but <laughs> Certainly like little, not. You know, the, the soaps and stuff like that, like those little things like it adds up. Those little things kind of just play with your mind all day when that's the life you're living
1: And And the way you decided it, the life you're living, it's it's different. So everyone, I'm sure most people have obviously stayed at a hotel before for a vacation, for work or whatever the case may be. And you, know, you pack for three to four days. Maybe sometimes a week, but when, when you're going for two weeks at a time, ten plus days at a time, it, just, it changes things. It turns out that's where you're living now, um, and just that perspective to be living out of a hotel, not staying in a hotel, but living out of a hotel, um, and having to to change your daily habits and and understand that you know it's gonna be the same thing the next day and the same thing the next day. That that, that can't wear on you. But it's something that a lot of people just don't experience it. You know, you see we had an opportunity to stay at an extended stay spot that kind of gave some uh, some familiarity at least, or it gave you a home environment for one or two of our spots. But even still, that's not the same thing as living in your own spot and getting used to that. And, and yeah, your your day-to-day just changes and that kind of throws off you know, some sort of the things you're used to doing. And, and that goes in mind now, everybody's different, right? And we're trying to have everybody, players, staff, and managers, everything on the same page, but everybody's reacting differently towards it. And it's hard to try to work towards a common goal when, you know, everyone's minds can
0: possibly go somewhere else. Anybody who doubts that this is hard on people is, is um, probably not giving it enough thought, but also I, I think that can be thrown out the window when we open this up with you saying how excited you were to wipe snow off your car. <laughs> I mean, you guys haven't <laughs> even had a car to get into to just go drive to the, you know, drive to the gas station, the, you know, buy uh-huh you buy a bag of chips, buy a soda, you just like pick something up. Like you guys don't exactly have that. I know you're at hotels and it's not the mm-hmm. hardest thing in the world to get those little things. But the point is like the the, the freedoms of just living at home, you don't think about like running to the store. Yes. You guys can't do that kind of stuff. And, and and it does start to wear on you because people need their, their time. You know, people need some alone time too. And team camaraderie is mm-hmm. great and all. But, man, everybody needs a little alone time. And that's hard to get living in a hotel with a team. It certainly is, and and we've grown
1: um, quite close, and, and I've grown quite familiar with the rest of my <laughs> colleagues here. Just seeing them day in, day out, morning, noon, night. Uh, right. uh, for for sure, that part of it. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, seeing them for breakfast, seeing them for for lunch, seeing them for dinner. That's that's just a different thing, and you get used to it, and you you, know, you talk about the conversations, and it's odd because. You know you ask me you know, how's your day going well you know exactly how the day is going because you just saw them 45 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> you know and you're going to see them again an hour later so, so it's hard to kind of get your own personal life stuff happening um and, and i will say this i understand this last year has been tough on on the world um so so i say that because i don't want anyone to think that you know we have the worst situation out there of anybody i understand <laughs> people have we lost lives, livelihoods, family members. Um, so, so, although our situation for what we're trying to accomplish is extremely difficult, uh, there's still people out there going through much worse than us, and, and I don't want that to be lost upon any of this and think that you know, we're you know, or, or poor us when people are out there losing way much more than, um, you know, some other things.
0: Sure, I will say this too that you. With your background, I'm I'm curious, what's the JT background do for you in something like this? Because look, I listened about it's been about a month now, but I listened to yeah. a, a podcast. Um, was an all access, I, I think all access network. They're they're starting up a podcast, and James Miller from New Mexico State was on it, and um, huh? <laughs> just him and some other junior college guys kind of yeah. chop it up about about how how what New Mexico state was going through, it was sort of a little bit like the JC life. I mean, you you guys do bust the games. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to to live a little bit, not as, I don't want people to think you guys are going to resorts on normal years because you guys aren't exactly going to resorts and stuff, but like the D one life is a lot different than the JC life when it comes to travel. And I'm curious, what did the junior college background do for you in terms of adapting to, to the weirdness of this season?
1: Well, it was funny, right? So, so, I've known James for for years. Obviously, him being at New Mexico Junior College, me being at New Mexico Military. I've known him for a long, long time, a good buddy, of mine. But I'll say this much: um, this is actually as crazy as it may sound. Still a little bit better than the junior college lifestyle. <laughs> uh, and, and I only say that because I, I've only had to get behind the wheel since this whole thing started, probably maybe maybe six times. You know, I've only had to get behind the wheel. Um, whereas I was behind the wheel constantly at, at the junior college um, during my time there. So, you know, you know, the meals, you know, here are a little bit better, uh, but beyond that, it's very similar. Like it's busting the games. Um, you know, it's playing in empty gymnasiums. It, it's it's odd times for practices. Uh, you know, it, it's a lot of just grab and go meals. You're not able to kind of sit down and, and, and eat out, you uh, but, but yeah no this is this is very similar this is very very similar and obviously I think we have about a about a quarter of our team are junior college guys and background so, so they're kind of used to it uh, unfortunately for some of them this is their first experience at all in Division One so they're they're asking and they're saying like well this is I say no different than where I came from <laughs> you know, at the end of the day right um, you know you know for some of the guys right there but no it, it's there's a lot of similarities you know there's a lot of similarities being being on coach buses and having to transport to and from practice, to and from games, understanding that sometimes you get to a place that the heat may not be on in the gym, um, bringing your own basketballs to the gym. Uh, you're just kind of working and trying to be as flexible as possible and, and realize that at the end of the day, you're still blessed to be able to play the game you love and, and try to keep that in focus. Because if you get caught up on the other things, it'll be very, very distracting at
0: the end of the day. Uh, and for those you know listening to this that that may may not remember, I mean New Mexico Military. How how long were you at at Nimi for, um, both as an assistant and a, a head coach?
1: Yeah. So even even before that, even before that, I was a player there uh, for two years, and then went over to Texas A&M Kingsville, finished playing Kingsville. there. Yeah. Did two years there as a GA, got my masters, and then I came back to Nimi. Did six years as an assistant, then three as a head coach. Um, uh, so Yeah. You know the JC life, man. You you live. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I I know well as a player and as a coach. Um, and like I said, I mean, I mean, it's 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 different. It's very different. It tests you a lot. Um, it kind of shows you who loves the game and who doesn't. Because at that level, you're not doing any of this stuff for for fame or fortune. You know, you're doing it because it's it's truly something that you enjoy. And that you love at that level. But that's not saying people at this level don't enjoy it and love sure. it. But you know the, the the fringe benefits are few and far between at that level.
0: How, um, um, I'm curious how Ralph Davis, the basketball player, would have handled a season like this. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, listen. Out of
1: playing playing at a military school, uh, this still would have been <laughs> this would have been challenging. But I uh, but I would have taken it. Um, matter matter of fact, it's funny you say that because I think uh, New Mexico military. They're doing similar to what we're doing right now. Um, they just started off their season, I believe, last weekend. And and same thing, they, they can't play state, you know, games in yep. state. Um, so they've been traveling. I think they played their first few games at Southland, and I think they're going to attempt to do what we're doing right here. So, um, I mean, I was used to the bus life when I was playing in Juco. I was used to the bus life when I was coaching in Juco. Uh, obviously, the last two years here prior to this one have been pretty good as far as being able to get on a plane and – and see some exotic locations, you know, San Diego, California. <laughs>
0: like that. Yeah. No, Level <laughs> <like> in <laughs> Leveland, Texas and, and yeah. Rome, Mexico. And
1: exactly. But you know, I, I will say this: like when we first our first trip down to Level End uh, last it went in the fall before it kind of got kick started, we we're just practicing there. It was a trip down memory lane. Um yeah, you know, we are pulling up and and practicing in the gym, practicing the South Plains gym. Obviously, I I played many a game there, coached many a game there, and it was a little like it was a little nostalgic for sure. Um, to just being in that area, you know, from Lubbock or from Albuquerque, you can get to sorry, excuse me, from Roswell, you can get to Lubbock in about two hours if you got your foot on the gas, and it's two and a half to Albuquerque. So I would actually travel, you know, I would travel more to Lubbock than I would to Albuquerque when I was in Roswell. So I have some familiarity with West, a lot of familiarity with West Texas. Yeah, and I was obviously most of the league in JUCO was in West Texas, so like all the play, you know, guys on the bus like, hey, where are we right now? You know, what, what's this town we're passing? Uh, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, it's the same I used to take all the time. You know,
0: you know <laughs> um, the next gas station is, you know, right up. Yeah, a, a,
1: a, exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, this is this is stuff that I was I'm very very familiar with. You know, like like, like what's Woolworth Texas? Like, nah, Woolworths it's right over here. Um, Yeah, I take this exit. So so that part was pretty cool. But matter of fact, um. Even similar like Lubbock Christian, where we're playing at, yeah. uh, I had a player, I had a player that just graduated from them last year. So like I, I knew their, I knew their staff. I know their staff very well, and we used to, at, at the Mexican Mexico Military, we used to go over there and scrimmage them. Mm-hmm. So like like the gym and everything. Like, I've been to Lubbock Christian a ton. We had a regional tournament there as well too. So like even the place like guys like no Lubbock Christian, what school is that? Like man, I've been there eighteen times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. so it, it just. It's funny how it all kind of comes, you know, kind of full circle and things like that. And, and places that you thought you, you may
0: never see again or may not frequent, but like you end up, yeah, that's our home gym right now. Well, you, you've obviously made the I mean, I'm talking to you because you're at the on the Lobo staff now, but I'm curious, sort of year one is as an assistant coach. What's the what's the bump in in day to day duties? What's the change sort of? I guess, really, what what's your daily duty now as a as an assistant coach, as opposed to what it had been the last couple of years? But also, is it different now that you are back in Albuquerque? I mean, is is it even safe to describe what your day to day duties were when you guys were in a hotel because they might be so different than than they would be normally?
1: Yeah, so interesting, right? So when I was the video coordinator when I first arrived, it was a lot of uh, a lot of basketball-centric duties, right? Where we're breaking down film or shopping film or reviewing it excuse me um and then last year as the director of operations it's more so logistics it's, it's travel it's it's budgeting it's academics mean those things in order um and, and now it's back to basketball again for the most part and right now without without court time you know it's hard to get guys uh better physically
0: yeah
1: at the end of the day you know, a lot of the stuff we do now is a lot more mental preparation, a lot of film study, a lot of talks, a lot of breakdown, watching themselves, watching our opponents. Uh, you know, before we left and we were able to do, you know, some stuff in smaller groups, non-contact, we did do a lot of skill work. So I had a lot of opportunities to get on the court with guys and, and work on different things. Um, and, and even right now, the recruiting, it, it's still the same as it's been all spring or, or for the past year. But just staying on the phone, constantly talking to recruits, and 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 convincing that this is a place that they want to be—that's something that we have to continue to do every day, no matter what the circumstance may be, no matter what scholarships look like. You just constantly have to be working to improve the program, always inside and out. Uh, so, so that standpoint—it's—it's it's back to basketball, which I'm very pleased with. Yeah. A no question. Obviously, I wish we'd had more opportunities to get our guys better. Here uh, at our home, as I spoke about earlier, on the road, the difficulties is the lack of gym time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people kind of, again, I, I mentioned something earlier that people sort of, they hear uh. that, but they they don't realize what that means. Like kid, kids getting in the gym and just putting up shots and, and mm-hmm. working on stuff themselves that you guys do work on during a 90-minute practice, mm-hmm. like they go work on it themselves a little bit. It's like anything else. You're supposed to go work on it yourself. Without a gym, it's hard for basketball players to do that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. People don't you, people don't understand. In, in a practice, we, you're more so working on the team. Yeah, you're working on being better as a unit, uh, pushing the needle forward together. Right. So in a practice, just estimate. Um, let's say a player may shoot if we're going live and, and working on different things. Player may shoot, you know, forty shots in a practice, if that. And that, that's a high. That's a high number. If we're, if we're playing. Scrimmaging, we're going two on two, five on five, whatever the case may be. I mean, it may even be 20 shots, and then we'll do some breakdown work and we'll get some extra shots on. But either either way, there's very rare situations where inside of the practice, a player is getting up more than you know 50, 60, 50, 60 shots. Sure. So that's why being able to get more court time and gym time for them to get up a couple hundred shots makes work on the ball and all these things. It, it's very important, uh, and people don't, people forget this that when other programs have those, you know, opportunities, they're constantly getting better yeah, individually and as a team, yeah, you know, which is, it's part of, it, it's twofold. It's individuals better, you know, team better, you know, and we miss out on that. Well, then potentially the gap may grow or whatever the gap may be, or the gap may close on the backside, whatever. Um, these are things that, you know, we don't, we don't expect everyone to understand, but, but those, yeah, you know, that, that have a, a better understanding, may see what we mean when it comes to that, that like without yeah. that time to consistently improve, you know, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, like said, it, it, these things take time and, and there's no magic wand for it. It's just, you know, hard hat, lunch pail, lunch yeah. bucket, oh, sorry, hard hat, pail, lunch bucket yeah. um, at the end of the day to, to get it done. So
0: I think another element to that, and, and basketball guys know this, um, like it, it's one thing you, the relationship building that you guys do when you see each other five times a day or all day eating mm-hmm. meals and all that like and buses like that that's a big part of it, but there's a lot of relationship building that goes on just on the court when you're working with the player and you, you guys are working on that like that's that's sort of like this professional development or professional I guess isn't the right yeah. word level but that's sort of the when you guys are working on a common kind of goal or a common craft common task common whatever it is basketball being that common denominator Mm -hmm. that's when some bonding goes on that that isn't about just having a bunch of meals together and and hanging out together that's when you guys have this common kind of goal and you guys haven't had that a whole lot and that's what i i think relationship building as much time as you guys have spent together and as good as as close as you guys have become there's there's an element that's been taken away from you guys that other teams have absolutely Uh,
1: absolutely and you you phrased it perfectly yeah, yeah. this is this is what we all love this is a one common denominator with everyone in the program everyone here loves the game of basketball and when we're not able to go ahead and work on that love work on that passion together it, it can set you back yeah you know and, and you're missing a very important piece and an important element uh to, to what exactly you know you need to be successful in this game uh, so like i said just just trying to figure out ways and we've, we've done some creative things. We, we, we brought them into ballrooms. We've done ball handling in ballrooms. We've, I mean, we, we've, we've done some pretty creative things to try to go in and, and close that gap and, and make up for lost time. But, uh, you know, I mean, time is the most valuable thing in this world. You, you just can't get it back.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. There's, uh, as far as working now that you guys are back in, uh, are you, are you in your offices now there at the, at the Davos? Yes. Yes, um, mm-hmm. it, when, when you're out there in the gym and um, you got your background up now on the Zoom, so I can't tell <laughs> for sure, but I, I think I hear them. Um, the, uh, when you guys are there in the Davolo Center and you're working with the guys, like are you are you focused on a – like I don't know how you guys break it down. Do you focus on a certain set of guys normally that you – Yes. Work out, or is it bigs, guards? Yes. Work out?
1: Yeah, so 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 I'm more on the perimeter side with uh, uh, Coach Dale McHale. You know, and, and most of the times, it, like I said, when, when we split in practice or, or even individually, I, I'll go ahead and work on the guards. Now, like I said, if it's if it's a non-practice, yeah. then I'll, I'll work out with every everybody. Bigs, guards doesn't matter. But within our practice scale, uh, we'll split the pads. We'll go with the bigs. Kill myself. We'll go with the guards. And like I said, I mean, when it comes to just day like early this morning, we had some guys in you know, working on the games and, and it was you know, all positions it, it doesn't really matter from that standpoint They're just trying imagine, to get guys better
0: well I was gonna say I imagine after all the hotel time there's some guys that that are loving the you know 6 7 a.m whatever some of them <laughs> they actually just need the time off a little bit and, and sleep in a little bit so it's not like you can't even be too judgmental about who's in there that bright and early like some some of the time right now is just giving them a little bit of, of relax at home time but a lot of the guys are they in there pretty early when they can now
1: so it was interesting, right? So you made another point to just having availability. So, you know, here we have twenty four seven access to this facility. Yeah. So I can come up at 10, 10 o'clock at night. That's not a problem. I can come up at you know you know three well, we're practicing at three, whatever like that. But I can come up about four a.m. You know. Yeah. So we have we have we have certain group of guys that they're always here in the morning. There's certain group of guys that would rather stay after practice and do extra work then. There's some guys that just want to come in nine o'clock at night and do some work. Uh, but we' like once again, now that we're here, we have that capability well, when you're at someone else's facility, you got to ask them hey when can we you know schedule around you know around you guys yeah and and, and then it gets difficult then it gets difficult because now we have to have anybody that wants to work out we have to have them all there together for that 45 minutes we're allotted. And I, I won't say it becomes counterproductive, but it becomes difficult to get more things done. Sure, you know versus now, like I said, we got guys here in the morning, guys here late at night, guys middle of the day. It just it's better, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's better.
0: And there's not a ton of time left. I know we're in uh, the we're in late January now, so it's not like mm-hmm. the season is is already as crazy as it sounds. Starting yeah. to wind down and hit the home stretch, mm-hmm. but you guys will hopefully have a little more structure at this point now. At least in mm-hmm. games, you know. You know those things that you have the gym access and all that. So maybe, maybe the structure helps some of these guys that that uh, they didn't quite have. Um, so we'll start seeing some things. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe it doesn't affect some of the guys. Maybe it affects some of the guys a lot. So that's that's what I'm curious about. You know, that's what I look forward to seeing.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's not as much. I mean, the, the stuff that, the stuff that we're doing now or, or our product now you know you build you build over time right so the things we're working on right now yeah yeah you may get to see at the conference tournament or in february yeah. now, now on a micro level it could be something like three less turnovers in a game overall um it could be something like two more made threes in a game you know so something something marginal but still has an effect on the on the end goal sure. right there um every little bit counts as i'm sure you know so, so we're not looking right now to to make good jumps, but we're just looking to progressively get better. And once again, if everyone gets this much better, everyone just gets this much better yeah. that we've gotten better as as a team. At the end of the day, and and now you know, some of those outcomes may be different.
0: Want to want to ask you one last thing, and then something I want to circle back to, and then I'll let you get going. You go. no, no,
1: I, I, I got I got time. Please, go go let <laughs> have some fun here.
0: <laughs> What's the recruiting like? Like when you you said it's kind of like it's been all spring, like. What, what is the recruiting like? Is it, is it just a lot of people pitching themselves to you or is it you guys calling coaches and saying, Hey, what about that guy? Or, or have things changed, I guess, in the recruiting world in terms of who do, do players pitch themselves a little more than they used to or how, no. do
1: so, so you've always, you've always had that you've always had players that were aggressive and, and trying to get a scholarship that, that goes, no matter what the circumstance, COVID or not, right. players will always be contacting you, emailing you, calling you going through other channels trying to you know, uh market themselves to you right and for us the biggest difference no question is in-person evaluation you know whether that's us going to see yeah. them uh in a gym environment watch them play a game or even coming on to, you know to campus to visit but, us so visit yeah exactly and that's being able to communicate meet them see how they are Lead their family. Um, you know, these are things that that's the biggest one we're missing right now, and, and it makes a difference. Um, it's something as simple as you think a kid, or you heard a kid was six seven, and he, you know, you finally beat me six four. Yeah. Um, you know, just the eye test, uh, watching the kids, how the kid shoots the basketball, you know, you know at, watching how he interacts with his teammates, or, or even members of your own program. You know, these are things that are valuable that that we can't. It, it, you know, we can't evaluate we can't get a good gauge on um, any. Because even during even during a, a, a Zoom call, a recruiting call, for instance, when we're talking to recruiters family like that, both parties have their best faces on Right at, at the end of the day. Um, you know, we're on the best behavior and as are they, you know, so everything always leads, ends lovely. And, and yeah, you leave feeling real good. But when you're not too sure. Sure. So you're not too sure exactly how the things truly are. So that that's by far the hardest part. Cause you you know, when when, when you get a recruit, you're making a commitment to them, making a commitment to you. And, and you want it to work out for the best. No one ever brings anybody in here hoping that um they don't succeed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it is a commitment on both sides of it. And we want to make this thing happen. So that part is difficult, but yeah, you know, but from other standpoints, like we always even though we watched people live, we always did film review. We always made sure to, to watch as many games as possible. Um, we made as many phone calls as possible to both people in and around their circle and on the outside, you know, people that they may have competed against that may have some more insight into that young man's character, his game, mannerisms, whatever the case may be. Um, you try trying to build a book on whoever we're recruiting. That's a very important part of the process, you know? Uh, and, and understanding that like it, it's, it's all very, you know, it's all very fluid. Yeah. You know, it, it's all very fluid. Like, um, you know, example, we had, you know, we had four signees. We had four signees uh, last spring. Right. You know, Bronte um, Johnson, Bamato, Sasan Njai, and, and Nolan Dorsey. Well, you know, without saying names, they signed to a different team. Absolutely. Than the guys that we signed in the spring time you know what i mean um and that's something that
0: it, it happens it happens
1: like that but but when when we acquired those guys they were signing to you know a team with players xYz yeah the
0: so so different staff As you know, there's been two yeah. staff so that yeah do a different whole different kind of program really.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um you know so those are just things like i said you you you're constantly are working um even right now you know we've we've signed uh you know two young men in the fall and it's, it's a matter of just constantly you know working on the 22 class constantly evaluating constantly learning and collecting information just just yeah. to make sure you're you're always prepared for
0: whatever may that, whatever may I was going to say that stuff never ends I know yeah so I know the recruiting part of it you got the, obviously things changed when, when all of this happened, but for you guys, not even having a, a home place, kind of a home base, you guys are doing that stuff out of hotels too. So that's another part that kind of is yeah. you guys at other programs maybe had a little differently.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I,
0: absolutely.
1: I, I mean, you could, if it, if it makes any, uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll say this little story, like our spring guys, for instance, uh, Saquon Singleton, Roger Brown, Jeremiah Francis guys, you know, as we signed in the springtime, and even you throw know, Dalia Manuel and and Zay Marin as well too into it but these are guys that you know you know were told great things you see my background my background right there is, is is a big game right there and I mean up until yesterday they they weren't allowed in the locker room <laughs> you know so 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 kids are excited they're, they're they're happy to excited to join the program be be a part of all this and and they they have no idea what you know that picture is about right there they they don't they know nothing of it um you know and just yeah just this facility like, like yeah. we're finally we're finally uh are allowed full true access to everything um which is which is once again i to, I'm not putting on anybody at all like i said this is this is the the time we're in right now yep. but but you know you know they thought they were walking into to that picture <laughs> right 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 there and, and you know they're they walking into the Rip, rip for the Center,
0: right? A little bit, <laughs> a little bit different. Than that. It's
1: a little, little bit different. It's a little bit different, man.
0: So, well, um, hopefully things are getting back to normal a little bit now. Obviously, the the results on the court aren't what anybody signed up for. It wasn't what mm-hmm. you guys expected. It's not what anyone wants. But mm-hmm. you guys know this league enough to know that um, look, man, there there's a a month is a long time in this league, and and things can absolutely happen. teams teams get better, teams get worse, teams things happen, and I would hope that you guys as coaches somehow figure out a way to convey to them the you know there's still plenty of season left and, and that's what they they need to understand because there's so many new guys that haven't been through a mountain west season. So
1: no, no, I agree, agreed. And, and it's still a long year. We, we got plenty of games here on the backside of it and just keep getting better. Every day, you know, keep getting better, keep working hard. If you work hard enough, it'll eventually break for you at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing in life. If you stay after and work hard enough, it's going to eventually, you know, you'll eventually break through. Um, what break through looks like? I don't know sometimes, but it'll eventually break through.
0: I want to circle back to something you know. un- un-basketball related that I meant to ask you earlier. Were you really the triple jump champion? Of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I was a New Jersey 2003 state triple jump champion. Um it's interesting right So a lot of people don't know it's about me I was supposed to go to the University of Rhode Island to run track and field um I had my letter of intent signed it, it was a done deal um and then and then like I said I I got a call from coach Reggie Franklin head coach Reggie Franklin at the time and you know he, he all he said I could I could barely hear his voice he was a Deep voice guy, I could really hear it, but he said something, something, something military, something, something, something 505. I think I might have shared this with you before. I go to the phone book, look up where 505 is. At the time, I'm living in Jersey. I have no idea what 505 area code is, and I see it's a state of New Mexico. I said, okay, so it's a, it's a military school in New Mexico, and uh, came out here on a visit. Uh, I, I always knew I wanted to coach, so I knew in high school I wanted to be a basketball coach, and it didn't kind of it makes sense in my mind to go run track in college in order to be a basketball coach. So when this opportunity came, I went ahead and jumped on it. And yeah, no, it's it's crazy. The the rest is history. But, but I knew from a very, very young age I I wanted to coach. I mean, like the, during my college career, I was still I was working camps in my yeah. college career while I was playing. Like most guys were in the gym sort of summertime. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna work a camp. Like I, I wanna be I'm to be an instructor. Um I don't know. Some of it may be because of some of it maybe because of video games. I don't know. Like I, I really enjoy playing uh, you know Madden's and and, and the original 2ks and the college was 2k and i just love building building a roster uh, building a team doing those things um and yeah like i said it just thing i always wanted to do. it's what i always wanted to do i always know i wanted to do it and this is this is what i am right here so it's it was pretty interesting. But yeah, that, that story is it's true. I I'm i I'm a, a high flying dude. You can ask the guys on the roster right now. And you still are Ma- you still Ma- a high flying dude? I'm, I'm still yeah, I, I, I yo, listen, ask McQuash watch If I could if I could still uh if I could still throw it down. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, ask I'm ask him, man. Yeah, we oh. yeah, ask him that question. Yeah, no, I oh, well. I still get out there and jump around sometimes. Um well, I'm
0: not I'm not familiar with triple jump um distances. What was uh what's your personal best in uh What's the personal I, record in the triple time? I was I had hit
1: 47. I had hit like 473 or so, I believe it was. Like my state championship jump was only like 46, nine or 46 eleven, but I hit 47 um new times messing around. Like I said, it's, it's it's a it's reasonable. It's it's reasonable. I I, I forget what what the state championship hit, here is in New Mexico, but it was reasonable. And like I said, that was me. Fresh off basketball season, you know, kind of finding my legs. It, it's it's a different state because it's a it's a horizontal jump versus a vertical jump, so it's a different. Like it ain't the same thing as going for a layup or a dunk. You, you jump, you're flying out three you or know, three times and all that. But yeah, it, I was a pretty uh, pretty athletic guy. All right, <laughs> man. I'm gonna I'm gonna one. tell
0: these guys in case they don't know the story. I'm gonna tell them. Challenge you. Forget the <laughs> dunk contest. And after practice, like <laughs> they need to challenge you to a triple jump <laughs> contest and see see who can do oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, they can't mess around with me, man. They, 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 they came, but they, can't, they look, these guys ain't, they're not even as fast as me, Jeff. I'm not gonna lie to you. They're not, they're not even as fast as me. <laughs>
0: do, do you still get, go uh, at it with yeah. them? Like, do you, do you still go at it with some of the players, like in, in terms of like a little no, one they, on one or?
1: No, you know what? No, no, so from that standpoint, now those guys, these guys are way too talented for that. Um, I was say that. Now, now, athletic, well. I'll say athletic feats, I will. Like, so I'll, I'll race guys. Um, I'll challenge guys to certain running things because like, I I know I still can like at least for for a one time deal now now hey. like if if we if we did if we did a series I can't I can't mess with these cats but but you're like, as good do like,
0: yeah
1: exactly that's a good song right there no um <laughs> like I'm you you've been around enough so you know us running pits yeah yeah um, up and down the pit steps like like at, at one point I had my time down really really low and like they probably probably like four or five guys that can mess around with me. Um but well that, that took a lot of a lot of training, you know what I'm saying, All, on my side and these guys still got that, they, they still got their young legs and they could they could do it in their sleep. But uh but no, I, I, I enjoy that standpoint uh, of being competitive still. Uh, hence you know, just being a coach and yeah and wanting to do that part of it right there. You know? Awesome. If I had a question for you. you know, actually I had a question for you, so for I you know I caught you one time in the airport you know, uh, wearing uh, a La Bamba, uh a shirt best, and all that, man. And, best and it's movie going,
0: like said, it's ever. Like, best <laughs> movie ever. All right, so here's the story on the bomb, and I've told it a couple times, but here's the here's the Jeff Grammer's love affair with Labamba. My uh, okay, I have an older sister. Grew up in Santa Fe until about fifth grade, and mm-hmm. um, my single mom. She she worked all the time, and uh, my older sister, three years older than me, Dana. She and I one one year. I don't know if it was a Christmas or what it was, but we got a VCR and mm-hmm. our summers were just me and her, you know, me and my sister staying staying home, doing whatever uh-huh. we could. And we got a VCR one year and my mom bought us two movies. She bought me Gremlins. Oh, great movie. Great movie. We watched it a few times. It was cool. <laughs> but then she bought my sister La Bamba. And I don't know why. I have no idea like what the connection was to La Bamba. But it's all we had. We had Gremlins and we had La Bamba. So every day my sister and I would put La Bamba in to start the day and it would be on. And we'd probably play it again at the end because we'd rewind it. We had two movies all summer and we were we were young. And um, that was it. Like we just memorized the movie by the end of the summer. And oh, it, it's kind of stuck. And then it kind of became some some uh, <laughs> jokes every now and then, some inside jokes or some, like reciting the movie. And then a couple of times, you know, I, I tweet about it all the time and joke about it being like the best movie ever. And um, Lou Diamond Phillips responded to one of my tweets once about <laughs> it, and um, like he's joking about it. And now it's just sort of a stick that like everybody joking gotcha. about Obama, so I keep it going.
1: Gotcha, got uh, you. Hey, I'm not. I'm not heavy on uh, social media, but someone had told me that. And I remember you wearing that shirt, and I say it because I'm, yep. I'm a big movie guy myself. And like, and one of my oldest assistants when I was at uh, when I was at NIMI, his name was uh, was was Rich, his name was Rich Grant. But I used to always yell out, uh, "Richie!" Like, like, like my man Richie. Bob did. <laughs>
0: yeah, I used to always. Well, so here is the thing: I tell people <laughs> about La Bamba that ask me about it. They're like, "Really? Is it that good?" I am like, "Well, look, I I joke that it's the best movie ever. The truth is, it's a really good movie. It actually it is good movie. Good.
1: no, it, it is. It, it's a really, it's a really, really good movie.
0: And Bob is Bob is one of the all time great kind of sidekick characters. In oh, the Bob! Bob is awesome. Like, like I
1: said, I I, I totally. Uh, like I I used to say it to him all the time. He never knew what I was talking about, but like in my head, I'm like, like how you not know this right here? This is the line right here. You know what I'm saying, my yeah. man? Bob's like, you on the grass, this, oh, this, at the bridge. Yeah, hey. the bridge.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Like, so, so I do love that movie. I can still recite it. Um, I don't watch it nearly as much as I probably let on. But uh, mm-hmm. the reality is, if it's on, I'm watching it, and and everybody knows. Like, if some La comes up, it's it's good. So, anyway, no, I was good. You ever seen?
1: Wait, you ever seen real quick? Uh uh bound by honor blood yeah and blood out i've seen a movie before yep, yeah it's another, another good uh cali uh a cali lore one right there yeah like i
0: said i used i mean i used to watch movies i'm a big movie guy myself um so
1: i, like, I mean you all, have all like
0: Do you movies. have an all-time favorite because i mean la bomba is my favorite movie because it has like the, the weird personal connection um with, with me and my sister and i know it well um but like you know I, I have like a top four or five probably i mean and it's a weird one man like I, i'll tell you like La Bamba's up there. I, I am a Shawshank guy. I love Shawshank Redemption. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, um, do frame, my man. Okay. But, then, but then I'll throw in like a Tommy Boy. Um, I'd love okay. Boy. Probably, Probably being a fat dude myself, you know, fat guy. The so, like that kind of stuff. Like it came at a time when me and my friends were probably a bunch of idiots in college, you know, doing that kind of just stupid stuff anyway. Um, But I also like there's one sports movie I like. Major League is in there and then there's one other one. Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. So like when I first became, mm. when I first graduated college, I, I was a crime reporter first before sports, and I was the editor oh, wow. of a paper okay. in Santa Fe or I, in in college in Las Cruces. Then I went up to Santa Fe and I was a crime reporter. And as a crime reporter, I started reading these books by Thomas Harris, who used to be a crime reporter, and he wrote um, the Red Dragon. Um, he wrote it's called Manhunter was the book, um, and it was, but Red or they made a movie about it originally called Manhunter. But it was Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal and all that. And I read all those books. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a crime reporter and I'm going to have all these crazy crimes. Like that kind of crime doesn't exactly happen that often. No, but, but I was no, into was these books. It. So then I watched all the movies and and like Red Dragon, I thought was the best book. But Silence of the Lambs is a great movie. So I can watch that one a lot again because of a personal connection of, of being a crime reporter, thinking that was what I was going to do is go solve these crimes where people are skinning people and holding them in wells and that kind of stuff. Fortunately, I mean, it's good, but fortunately that no. kind of stuff doesn't happen that often.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's do you say that, right? So, so my, my, my major was actually criminology. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, so, you know, talking about Clarice Starling and, and being a, uh, you know, I had an interest in profiling Yeah. Uh, potentially, like I said, if, if I wasn't going to do the basketball route, I'd probably go into investigations, um, at all, but it's quite, yeah, no, like this. I think that actually they're doing like a spinoff TV show coming up Clarice. pretty soon, I think called, yeah, Clarice, exactly. So now it's funny you say, Silence of the, Man, Silence of the Lambs, great movie. Okay. Um, Andy Hopkins did an amazing job on that, as did, you know what he did? So I would say for me, number one all time would be his, uh, Trading Places. Okay. Big, big, I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan. So, uh, so I follow that up with, of course, Coming to America.
0: <laughs> I and, and, and <laughs> I'm glad they're and they're coming out with the the, the sequel now. Yes,
1: sure. it, yes, they are. And then and then I'll trail that one off. I just I'm a big comedy guy. A lot of people don't know this one, but uh, Brewster's Millions yep. with uh, Richard Pryor and John right. Candy. And then and, and I know all of them are, are 80s movies and all that. But just just it, things I, I I truly enjoy. Man, I love to laugh right there. But no, like I said, i those every movie that you listed, great movies. A, a great it, right it,
0: there. it kind of comes with when you see them too and like when it hits you because like there's a couple movies that like i have friends that swear like you know some movies have like these almost like cult-like followings where people just swear they're mm-hmm. great and it's probably a little bit me with la Bamba for some people but like it just you, you were in a good mood when you watched it once as a kid and you watch it again and like mm-hmm. and you think it's mm-hmm. great and i might watch it now and be like eh. but like it, it just kind of it's when the movie you know when you watch it and, and sometimes it sticks with you and sometimes it doesn't but yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a, I'm a movie guy. I don't watch a whole lot of TV shows. I watch mm-hmm. movie TV shows.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, you hit it right on the head right there. That ain't nothing like good cinema, and nothing like it at all. Yeah. Awesome, man.
0: Well, hey, look, this has been good. Um, you guys obviously got got some work ahead of you, and uh, and hopefully we can we can hit this again down the road and kind of, of visit what some of this is like and and how some of these guys are starting to respond then to to being back in Albuquerque and uh, mm-hmm. you know couple wins under your belt next time we talk.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeff, thank you for the time. I sincerely appreciate it and uh, stay safe. Be good.
0: Appreciate you, Ralph. Thank you so much.
1: All
0: right. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with Ralph Davis, global basketball assistant coach in his first year as an assistant coach. And I know he's been in the program three years now, but I don't know that everyone around the program knows Ralph that well. They they certainly know his name. Um, People directly involved with the program know who Ralph is, but but as a video coordinator, then director of operations, and and now as an assistant coach in a season with no home games, uh, maybe the the average fan doesn't know Ralph Davis that well. Hopefully, this conversation let you get to know him a little bit better. You can you can hear his personality coming through a little bit there, and and I do appreciate Ralph for taking the time to to have this conversation with me and to share some of his thoughts on the season, his background, and and just have a good conversation. As as you know, the the historically like as I mentioned, and, and people get tired of me pointing to the historical context, but this is a historically bad season, but that doesn't mean there aren't stories to tell. That doesn't mean there aren't um, coaches and players and, and real people involved in these things and, and bringing you their stories and having these conversations with them, hopefully shed some light to all this. That isn't just about the struggles that the team is having on the court. And it is part of our coverage. The The Albuquerque journals covered Lobo basketball forever. And we we will continue to do so. Do so. Um, on the pages of the journal in print uh, online, abqjournal.com slash sports. And in podcasts like this, something i've I've been wanting for years to to sort of start adding to our coverage is is this podcast and the conversations on the beat of, you know everything I cover, not just Lobo basketball, though primarily Lobo basketball, but just the people on on the on the beat that I get to cover. I, I have a I'm a lucky guy to be a sports writer. I'm a lucky guy to cover Lobo basketball and get paid to to go watch games most of the time. And some of the stuff that doesn't get in print are some of the best stories I have on this job, and and some of those conversations are what I'm hoping to to sort of bring into these podcasts and and share with you guys a little bit stuff that doesn't fit into a game story or or into print otherwise. So anyway, I digress. Thanks for listening. Um, again, subscribe to the Albuquerque Journal, abqjournal.com/slash subscribe, and and give us some feedback. You guys have been giving me a lot of feedback on these podcasts. You guys seem to seem to be enjoying them. At least the people reaching out to me and, and I appreciate you telling me what you think and, and maybe some future episodes, what who you might want to hear from, what you might want to hear. We may do a, just a Q&A kind of mailbag type podcast coming up next week. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure yet, but uh, let me know what you think. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ralph Davis and until next time, thanks for listening.